0: Hi folks, welcome to Follow the Leader, a podcast focused on telling character-driven stories for the use of GMless tabletop games, where we can all take the lead. You can find us on Twitter at FTLCast and at FTLCast.com. We also have a Patreon at Patreon.com slash FTLCast. Today we're playing Ironsworn, a tabletop RPG of perilous quests by Sean Tompkin. For those of you who are new to the game, here are the basics. In the Ironsworn tabletop role-playing game, you are a hero sworn to undertake perilous quests in the dark fantasy setting of the Ironlands. You will explore unattract wilds, fight desperate battles, forge bonds with isolated communities, and reveal the secrets of this harsh land. Most importantly, you will swear Iron Vows and see them fulfilled, no matter the cost. I'm Zachary Frederickson. You can find me on Twitter at obfuscatinggod, as well as the music I do at iambugbear.bandcamp.com, and my pronouns are he, him. Uh, Joining me today, we have Jade.
1: Sup, it's me. I'm Jade. You can find me on Twitter at jade.sadrose, and I use they, them pronouns. And if you like hearing me play games, you can also hear me on Dumb Kids Playing Hero, an Animorphs-inspired actual play using a hack of Fush in the Dark. Check it out.
0: And I'm also joined by Sam.
2: Hello, I'm Sam. You can find me on Twitter at SAKalo, and you can find my art at uh, www.samkalo.art. And I use he, him pronouns.
0: Very cool. Our lines, things we absolutely do not want to see, are homophobia and transphobia, racism, sexism, anti-Semitism, violence against children and animals, sexual assault, domestic violence or intimate partner violence, unwanted pregnancy, and plagues and pandemics. Our veils, things we're fond of addressing but we just fade to black on, steamy situations, graphic descriptions of bodily harm, and terminal illness. Now that we've got all that, let's get started.
1: Of funky music Music, here.
0: The music plays here. And it plays for a while. Stops. Uh hello everybody. It's me, Zach. I was just talking to you a <laughs> few moments ago. It's still the same episode. But uh here's the thing. That thing I said about Ironsworn being taking place in the Iron Lands, that's not happening today. We're playing in a different world. A different land, though no less harsh. One not uh a sort of Iron Age sort of Viking epic, but no one clutched in endless winter yes this is indeed a sequel uh or at least a follow-up to our lady winter protocol game where you met Casdelian hrothgar as well as the other two characters
2: wow wow
0: i know them <laughs> but i was going to give you room to tell to say who they were <laughs>
2: Fair, fair. Uh, You also met uh, Miva Namathari, princess of the plant elves.
1: (laughs) And Tala of the Druids.
0: Yes, and and Khazadar, of course, king of the goblins. Now, none of that matters. Well, it does matter. But it's It's not not immediately relevant because we're not actually playing them today. We're playing a different group of adventurers uh, who reside in the Great Burrow that was erected in the wake of their uh, union and the <laughs> declaration of war on winter that occurred at the end of last game. Uh, yeah, spoilers.
1: so they, they had a wedding, a big-ass party in the borough as winter swept the land because we pissed off Lady Winter. Like, real bad.
2: We pissed her off, like, so bad. Like,
1: so bad. So uh, we decided, hey, let's let's go to war with her. Yeah, well,
0: it was she was she was an asshole. She kept like, oh yeah, she, she would like roll in and be like, "Hey, you Give all need presents. to appease me <laughs> so that I don't destroy you." And and yet I am fickle, and and your actions may or may not have any bearing on what I do. And so Kaz was like, "Well, my actions are going to sure as hell have a bearing on what they're gonna, on what you're going to do because you're going to get pissed off." And that's the only thing that I know for sure I can achieve. <laughs> so uh, fuck you, Lady Winter. Um and other people went along with it, which means that he was right.
1: But yeah, no, so we uh, we had that and we were like, oh, we should maybe return to that setting sometime. Uh and so here we are. Uh Zach gave a vague pitch of a plot and Sam and I were like, Hell yeah. Um, so here we are. Me- members of the assembled goblin kingdoms under the benevolent leadership oh yeah
0: yeah yeah of course They're benevolent. he's loud
1: he's just, this is he's a good benevolent. monarchy just loud
0: <laughs> he's loud but he's a good guy yeah um because <laughs> if he didn't he'd get murdered um
1: true probably by his wife amongst other people maybe it does um, not oh, take shit. sure yeah
0: uh so let's uh let's let's run through the character creation campaign setup as it is explained in the Lodestar reference book for Iron Sworn. It's like a like a reference guide for the for the RPG. Uh it's very cool. This is a cool this is a cool game. It's kind of like PBTA uh influenced, but it's also set up for uh what's called what it refers to as co-op play as well as solo play. Which is really cool. It's a game you can play by yourself with a GM, without a GM, with your friends. A lot of different ways you can play because it's got a lot of um, kind of like conflict setup and resolution tools.
1: Yeah, and a whole bunch of oracles uh, that you can use to uh, generate things for when you're playing GMless. It's really cleverly written.
0: It's very clever. Yeah, don't take the
1: fact that we're using our own setting as a slight against the text. We just had an idea of a thing we wanted to do
0: Mm mm-hmm and we twisted it so that it would work with this game so that should tell you what you need to know um cool so let's start with characters who wants to introduce their character first and run us through the character creation process
1: sure i will uh take a whack at this so first off Iron Swan has this thing called Assets, and you choose three of them when you build your character. This is after, obviously, your name. Uh, And you can uh, assign your stats first. There are five stats in Iron Swan. Uh, Edge, which is to do with precision and sort of dexterity-related behaviors. Heart, which is like your charisma. Iron, which is how strong and hardy you are and is also to do with strength. Shadow is specifically how good you are at sneaking and how good you are at lying. That kind of vibe. And wits is uh, your intelligence, your ability to observe, all that good stuff. Uh, And a lot of the time they'll advise you to pick your assets before your stats so you can obviously weigh your stats so they favor the moves that you're likely to want to do. But all the assets give you additional options and bonuses when you make moves because as discussed like PBTA systems, a lot of this game is about making moves. But the types of assets you can choose are paths, which give you a vibe for the sort of person your character is and what sort of obviously path they have found themselves on at this point in their life. You can pick companions, uh, that good, good animal variety. I think they're not all animals. There might be a couple of other options. I'm not sure. I like, didn't mm. look at companions.
0: You yeah, your... yeah. One of them is like is like kindred, which is like other people of your of mm. your people. Yeah. Like your like your like um sidekicks.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, you can choose combat talents which is obviously like your special your preferred way of fighting that gives you special little moves and tricks and there are also uh, rituals anybody can effectively be a caster of sorts in this game but you're limited in what you do in your scope so you can pick these rituals which is an ability you have to tap into the magic of the world so, and you've also got stuff like momentum that'll come into play later, but it's a mechanic by which you sort of build that up as you go to make things more effective, more powerful, etc. And then you've got your basic sort of health, spirit, supplier. These are numbers that'll make more sense when we get into play. Uh, for today, I'm going to be playing Morden Faraday. You know him in the past as an asshole warlock, an uh, asshole pirate, and asshole fallen angel if you support us on patreon uh but today uh instead not only is he not a warlock he's not human or an angel either he is a hobgoblin which in this setting is sort of like a anthropomorphic weasel mustle. there's definitely something weaselly about him got that pointed nose the good good dark eyes still got that mop of hair um bit of a shady motherfucker as one might imagine. And his stats reflect that because, uh, he has a three in shadow, two in edge and heart, and one in iron and wit. And his assets are his path is the trickster. His combat talent is slinger, uh, referring to a sling, alas, not cool fantasy guns. And he has the ritual
0: shadow walk.
1: And that's him. I'll explain what that does when it comes up.
0: hell yeah Sam do you want to tell us about your character
2: sure Uh, I'm going to be playing a boy named Mer Smith you may remember him as an orc in this game he is a troll but he is a big soft boy by boy I mean man he's like older here Um, my path is veteran so he's been fighting for quite a long time at this point He has a companion of a horse, but it's not actually a horse. I think we talked about making him a a big mountain goat or something. He's just Mm -hmm. some some sort of large pack animal. We'll decide this more later, I think. Uh, Mm -hmm. And my combat talent is Thunderbringer, which I will discuss when it comes up. But what it basically means is I got a big hammer.
1: (laughs) You love to see it.
3: Classic Murr Smith. Cool your stats?
2: He's got two Edge, three Heart, uh, two Iron, one Shadow, and one Wits. Not very smart, but he's very kind.
3: Not very quick, either. No, he's also not very quick.
1: What about you, Zach? Who's who's your character this time around?
0: This time, we've got two Returners, which means that uh, I have to continue my trend of always making up new characters as much as possible. (laughs) Uh, With... Halfdan Old Dog. Old uh, Dog. Good old name. Old Dog. Yes, an elder uh, within the, the bugbear tribes in the new goblin kingdom that was forged by Casdalian Hrothgar. Halfdan Old Dog is an old, graying, muzzled bugbear. No longer big and strong, now kind of just wiry and and kind of tough. Uh, in a way that, that old men can be. Uh, my path at this point is story weaver. Uh, I have a companion who is a raven named Braca, And I have the ritual of augur. Where I can summon a flock of crows and ask them questions. Got a very corvid uh, kind of vibe going on. As a theme. <laughs> kind of an Odin sort of thing. Uh, He does only have one eye. Uh, And my stats are as follows. Edge, one. Hearts, two. Or heart, two. Iron, one. Shadow, two. And wits, three. Smart, charismatic, cunning, but he doesn't have the speed or strength of his old self.
2: But he does have
1: two hearts. Sorry. (laughs)
0: Yes, like all bugbears, of course, in the set.
1: <laughs> they got a big body. You gotta pop that yeah. blood around.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like Krogan's. Uh yeah. So that is that is my character, Half Dan Old Dog. Oh boy. I, I I keep like reading this and I'm like, no, this is gonna be easy, and then I get there and it's like, oh man, this is the lot here. <laughs> so so that's characters. We've created our characters. They've all got their assets. They've all got their stats. We all we all have a bunch of moves. There are five different types of moves: adventure, relationship, combat, suffer, and quest and fate. It's like a six types. You count quest and fate as different because they're 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 just in, on the same page. So the next thing is to create our world. This will probably be a little bit different than the normal kind of process because like we've already kind of got some stuff. So the way that it works in iron sworn is there's an exercise right where there you go through a number of questions and, and establish what is the true answer of them. But we're not. We could maybe. Yeah.
1: I was going to say, we could maybe use these categories and come up with a truth that relates to each of them
0: mm-hmm. for the
1: sake of shaping things and giving us a bit of a vibe. Sure. They start on page uh, 123, yeah. the, the sections.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so the first category is the old world, or I suppose in our case, because this, the rise of King Casdalian has happened fairly recently maybe it's like how things were before
0: yes how things were before his rise and the subsequent fall of 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 winter the of of eternal winter
3: mm-hmm.
1: so uh the, uh the text and these are really well written um the like they give a lot of flavor so i suppose we know a little bit about what that looks like so maybe it's like what were we doing before this cloak of winter fell upon the land before kazdalian rose to power so i think those are
2: definitely like two different time periods i mean like kazdalian rose to power and then like what was it like a couple of years later or a couple of months later like because it must have been like a slow process of him rising to power
0: yeah because he he consolidated the goblin folk beneath uh his rule and that was a law that that definitely it was a process, and there was other stuff involved in that, like you know, because he, he he at some point found an elf sword, I and mean, I know the story behind that, but um, I mean, so do we want to talk about what we were doing individually during those times, or what like society was like?
1: And I suppose what's more interesting for the story we want to tell today like uh if mer like thinking about our past like so mer was a veteran
0: mm-hmm.
1: right yeah. was like and obviously as um so what what does that look like for him as a like how long has he not been a soldier
0: yeah and actually also so mer is a troll in this one mm-hmm. uh and trolls are kind are like fair folk so but they're not goblins so was mer working for meva's kind of faction or are there mm. other like fairy courts? Because there was there was there was the Red Court in uh, in um, Lady Winter that 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 hosted the the ball.
2: I would say yeah. I would think that Murr was working first as a smith, hence his name, but in like a sort of an outlying village in the fairy kingdom, rather mm-hmm. than or like you know the elven kingdom, rather than as a soldier, and then he was conscripted into the army and
3: okay.
2: spent a very long time fighting and then retired after the war between the elves and the kingdom of goblins
0: ceased fighting mm-hmm. and even that like even though there, there wasn't an active war going on um uh, when when we saw them in in lady Winter, they've still I imagine there were still tensions. There were still like skirmishes and stuff.
2: Exactly. I was I would also say that like there was a war semi recently, not like recent recent, but recently enough that Murr was alive during it.
0: Sure, but that could also have been hundreds of years ago because you're a troll. It's true. You know, and or he might you know, within troll reckoning might not be, but you know.
2: Yeah. Exactly. He's like middle aged by troll standards. Mm Mm-hmm but that's a couple
3: hundred years old yeah for sure well so um what about
1: um i i don't want to say old dog i can't remember his first name already
0: uh half Dan. half Dan old dog
1: half Dan. Mm-hmm. so how you said that the path he's on now is storyteller what was he
0: before Oh, so this is this is this would have was uh is kind of a fun joke for uh for all you Danish king uh heads out there. Uh Halfdan Ragnarson was a king before Hrothgar. So he was actually um Halfdan is actually a former king of the Goblins. Uh he was deposed by Castellian. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. How's he feel about that?
0: <laughs> uh pretty good. You know, his grandson's doing well for himself. <laughs>
2: Ah, goblins! Ah, yeah. goblins!
0: Uh, yes, he is Castalian Hrothgar's grandfather, and was the previous leader of the bug the, the bugbear tribe, uh, uh, or one of them, the, the clan's head, before Castalian got this whole thing started. And he's like, "Well, I mean, you did it, so I can't be mad."
3: Fair. I think
1: then Morden is probably younger than both of you, though not necessarily a young man, but just like maybe mid thirties rather than like middle aged or like a grandfather type age. So And uh, you know, there are always those sneaky motherfuckers around um, who pay attention to what way the wind's blowing and how they can get ahead. But he's not malevolent or anything like that. He's just good at what he does, which is being a sneaky bastard. He's probably mm-hmm. been a spy for various people. It's just occurred to me i may maybe describing Double Trouble from She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. And to be honest, that's kind of a good vibe. Really, Morden wants to live comfortably. Being a hobgoblin is not the easiest of lives. People mistrust you generally, so he just decided to go all in. And it's one of those things. Since like this big gathering of the clans under the banner of Kazdalian happened, sort of like he's kind of been a little bit out of work, as it were, because everybody's like getting on now for the most part. Like there's still shady dealings to be done. People want information on other people. Yeah. But it's been the wrong kind of climate for him to truly excel. But he's made himself available to uh Casalin and the Queen. Uh just like, yo, this is my skill set. But he's sort of like adjusting, I suppose, to civilian life in a very different way to uh Hafton and Murr but I like that all three of them are just like okay so things have kind of significantly changed what do I do now mm-hmm.
3: so and
2: so what are they doing now I mean I guess we know what what Morden is doing now but we've said that um Hafton is now just a storyteller how is he sort of functioning in the current society of the borough
0: so storyteller yeah, Storyteller is kinda of like the, the title, but it's like what it is, is it an advisor? Like a you know, like an older uh council. Uh mm. not like a not like a not like a council in the C I L but the he counsels in an S E L kind of way.
1: Oh, I got a pitch for you. Mm-hmm. What if like Storyteller is like it's somebody old enough to know what has gone before? But like yeah. and when advice is asked, you phrase it like a story so it's less like
0: absolutely but like um,
1: when I was young
0: mm-hmm. just
1: knee high to a grasshopper this is how things were and that's mm-hmm. like because then that would be like, oh god grandpa always with the stories but with the stories comes wisdom and knowledge
3: so yes
0: absolutely that is that is kind of the vibes yeah like the storyteller you know there is wisdom in in stories and in knowing like yeah like a lot of them are like proverbs or or parables
1: yeah it's like remembering the law as well like you're it's like an oral history of the clans as well yeah but yeah. they're told via stories because i imagine for a lot of goblins they're probably not big on written history
0: no no not in in pathfinder or here uh yeah he's like a scald
1: mm, yes. nice yeah good shit
0: um and he has he has a his old raven uh Bracca uh who uh is is sly but is also a smart little smart little guy who can talk a little bit and uh it probably helps him with that and uh and he he can ask questions of the crows and so yeah he's like he's like a kind of like a like a scald like a like a like a wise man kind of storyteller prophet type
1: nice neat nice, nice nice uh
2: Murr is sort of, he's gone back to sort of what he what he knew before the war. He's gone back to smithing, but he has sort of followed Neva's court. Whoever, you know, whoever she decided to bring with her, because obviously she doesn't brought everybody with her. Her kingdom still exists separate from the Great Borough. You know, ruled over by her mother, who is still very much alive and very much uh, <laughs> continues to be in charge. Um, yeah. And so... He came with her retinue to sort of make a new life separate from the war and his role in it as a smith and to bring, you know, elf craftsmanship, as we talked about in the previous uh, series, you know, the previous couple of episodes we did, how elven craftsmanship was very, like, advanced and beautiful and all this stuff. And so he's bringing that to the Great Burrow.
0: Sure. Nice. And the great I'll, I'll say I think the great burrow is like a central hub that is connected to a lot of smaller burrows through like warrens mm, you um, gotcha. underground tundle, tunnels almost like the like a like the palace or like a like a central hub of a, of a larger like underground city not dwarf like but like you know goblin like or hobbit like.
1: Yeah, I like the notion like um burrowing animals and stuff like that like the the goblin the goblinoids of this world have got that sort of vibe to them in the same way that bugbears are all big and fluffy like other goblins look closer to that than our, our usual sort of like greenish grayish skinned sphinx cat-esque uh creatures mm-hmm. wrinkly yeah we
0: definitely we definitely picked like a kind of goblin a, a kind of creature for the goblins last time and i forget like you know back in the day in uh in uh you know the old heads now they used to be raccoons
3: um, mm-hmm.
0: But you know, probably they're like, uh, yeah, like little uh, little burrowing types, like gophers. <laughs> <And sighs> another,
3: another
1: this guy. Oh, you got you got a case of goblins. Yeah, your crops are fucked. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, go- yeah, gophers and moles and such. Just yeah, they're underground people. Um. Yeah. So that's that's kind of like the world before a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually had an idea about iron, because a big part of this uh, game, Iron Sworn, is swearing iron vows, the becoming iron sworn. Uh, and ostensibly, in the original sense, that was like, you know, kind of this like kind of scarcity iron thing. Uh, and it was like special iron that would glow red when you touched it and swore your vow, and that makes it like an unbreakable vow. Um, but we're all fake. goblins Mm. and 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 trolls and fairies and stuff and i think it would be kind of cool if to make these kind of vows even more kind of important and dire is if we swore them on cold iron oh dang like like you have like a little a little ring or or coin or something that you keep wrapped up so it doesn't touch your skin unless you're swearing on it because it's like i'm going to give myself a little bit of pain by touching this substance to let you Mm -hmm. know how much i mean this
1: that's right like it's figuratively it feels a little bit like a blood oath like you would cut like a part of your body and bleed a little and this is just like i like the notion of like touching oh see my brain went in a darker place uh than having just a piece of cold iron on you but i like yours more um but like touching it and getting like a little a burn or something from it just like just a callus or a mark or something like that
0: mm-hmm.
1: but yeah no it's good I, I, I really like it
0: look you like squeeze it in your hand and it yeah. leaves the, leaves the, an imprint in your palm while the, while the while the vow is yet is still undone
1: yeah what if making the vow is like you have to hold on to like this cold iron piece
3: in your mm-hmm. hand while you speak the vow hmm Absolutely. Sick. Alrighty. righty. So the next uh, category is legacies. Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, and obviously in the core text, it's about uh, humans in the land. But I think we talked a little bit about this, like this being the burrowing folk. And this mm-hmm. is sort of our lands or lands where we've come to make our home, in Mer's case. So, hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, but, there's, cause, but there's also the lands outside of the borough, because mm-hmm. uh, you know, by being below, there is something above,
1: and that sure. I think
0: is where most of the today, most of our adventure is going to take place.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like the borough is is comfortable, but there's other things around, up on the surface. Absolutely. You know, it's a land of endless winter, and there are things that can thrive there like giants maybe
1: and that's a fun thing to maybe think about um because one of the categories is also horrors mm-hmm. so i just like the notion of like things that can not only stand the cold but thrive in it
0: yeah like 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 frost giants and winter wolves and ice and yetis. trolls yetis yeah and there's, you know, there's still humans out there living, making their way in this world of endless uh, endless uh, winter, you mm-hmm. know? Um, not everyone wanted to come to the burrows and live underground in our know, warm uh, tunnels Question. and halls. Yeah.
2: Is the whole world winter, or just where we live?
0: We don't know. We okay. would have no way of knowing. For us, it's the whole world, but that might just be because... We don't have access to to travel more than a hundred or a thousand miles.
1: I like that like people have been sent, but as far as like members of the clans are able to travel, we can't see an end to it yet.
0: Mm-hmm. so yeah, so, so there very well could be lands deep in the distance where the sun yet shines, and it is um you know summer, but uh we can't get there <laughs> so it, it doesn't matter to us sounds good and that's and i think that's that's like a very goblin's like if we don't know that it's there it, it's not real
1: love that good object permanence
0: yeah uh and it's kind of like a practical thing and it's also just like a philosophical of like who cares if we can't if we can't find our way there
1: I actually saw, I forget uh, the person's name, big TikTok person that saw on Tumblr earlier today. She's like, how do you, asking them, like, how do you not give in to existential crises? And uh, the response was, just remind yourself, it's not my business. I'm not, I don't, yeah, none of my business, how the world works. And just like I was just like, if it's not Goblin business, I'm not going to worry about it. Like, is it affecting us? No. Okay. I don't need to think about it. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that as a as a very pragmatic approach. Just like when it becomes something that will affect us, we will concern ourselves with it.
3: Mm-hmm. So, I think So it yeah. Till til yeah.
1: then, we got everything we need. So who who cares?
3: Or do we? yeah yeah.
1: I mm-hmm. do okay. Do we want to do any more of these world building? Do we feel like we've got enough of a vibe of the world to maybe look at bonds?
0: Uh yeah. I mean, we could. You know, it's like. The communities, which is really cool, you know, like, so we are, we live in, we live in community, we live in the Great Borough, uh, and, and and other, and we, and that connects to the other boroughs of the Goblin Kingdoms, mm-hmm. um, and other people live in, you know, villages above ground, in the distance, the Great Tree in the Great Forest, like, grapples with its own kind of winter chills, but, uh, yeah, I don't know if we need any... Specific stuff about that. Leaders, we know our leaders, mm-hmm. which is Kath and Meva. And uh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: As I say, for the sake of communities, I like the thought that communities are not necessarily becoming more insular, because that's not what I mean, but there's safety in numbers and warmth that way. So like what used to maybe be sprawling village like people are moving into like long houses and keeping it in space. So what resources you have, they're consolidating more exactly that and um so what communities there are are almost like further apart as they've coalesced around central points so maybe communities have become almost like bigger but further apart as a result or like and denser i should say because like population density
0: Mm -hmm. maybe and people probably like there are probably like a, a class of like ranger type scouts or, or travelers outriders who who like can move between these places. Yeah, but it's getting harder and harder.
3: Mhm. Love that. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah,
0: and then, you know, we've got our king and queen. And then elsewhere is the great forest, the big tree. Uh the lands of of man probably still have whatever king that uh mm-hmm. knight swore to.
1: Uh, there is probably like a druid enclave mm-hmm. nearby, like, or maybe they've, uh, like moved into part of the tunnels as part of the, uh, great consolidation, as it sure. were, because, uh, it's safer and, like, they have minimal control or they can exert more control over the elements. So maybe they're, like, responsible for growing food in now mm-hmm. this, uh, oppressive winter. So,
0: the shaded glen.
1: Yes, I love
2: that. Might be interesting if the druids sort of split between the burrow and like the great tree.
1: I think maybe they move between and they can like turn into animals and like traverse the cold better. Oh, really? Yeah. So maybe actually the there's a small, but maybe the druids are more scattered than they used to be because their talents are needed in more places. Mm. So that's good all righty
0: uh yeah uh, the next thing's uh defense which is about like um like sort of militaristic forces like what the, the kind of established size of a of a, of a of a of an army or or fighting force would be in the iron lands um i definitely think it's pretty hard to muster an army in this kind of climate
1: absolutely I also think though but there's also less immediate threats it's just like because of the it being harder to travel
3: mm-hmm.
1: so while there's this ongoing concept of the war against winter this it's not necessarily a, a war on the ground with foot soldiers
0: no it's a war of attrition
1: so maybe it's like what this looks like more is people learning magic to try and do their best to grow food and to travel in this kind of environment and things like that, like ways to shore up defenses. That's what it looks like. Not like forging weapons, but instead like expanding the burrow system so we can get around underground rather than having to go out on top. Mm-hmm. That's what defenses means here. Yeah.
2: Like, Murr's not making weapons, he's making shovels,
0: basically, and picks and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Though, you know, up on the surface, they don't come down to bother as much. There is, there are, there is stuff up there, and the humans are probably having their own kind of issues.
1: Yeah, I feel like people make fighting forces, but it's like very much each because with these again, back to the communities, people do what they can. But I suppose there's no large scale fighting forces because there isn't the resources to equip them.
0: Yeah, Um, which you know, like bandits. Are, it's harder for abandoned to operate because there's less trade to work on, but it, there are, I'm sure, people up there who beco- are becoming desperate in that way. Yeah. For sure. It's almost it's almost like a like an apocalypse. Hmm. Uh, or it's coming towards one.
1: Apocalypse but chilly. Snow apocalypse. Yeah. Snow apocalypse. <laughs> um we sort of addressed mysticism already. We're just like the magic.
0: This place got a lot of magic. A lot of magic going on. If you can harness it, mm-hmm. um, in a way, maybe just this this magically enforced winter has kind of increased the general flow of magic mm. power.
2: Ooh. I like that a lot. Yeah,
0: it's like yeah, like because you know, lady Lady Winter like shoots a bunch of magic into the world to make this forest, mm. but um, that means that there's more to go around
1: yeah also um and i know this is something we've had in other worlds but what if without knowing uh the bar, the grey burrow and the surrounding communities and even above land too but that maybe don't realize it is the tunnels instinctively have been following ley lines but after lady winter did her tantrum like it's almost like like when you hit something that's already cracked and the crack spreads it's like almost like more ley lines have split off Mm-hmm. Oh. or like a Lichtenberg scar and the Leylands have done that and that's part of why there is again that more access to magic maybe it's like in the same way that you might find a um, I forget the term in mining where you get like a piece of a vein, there we go, like it's literally like veins of magic in the way that you might see a vein of ore
3: mm-hmm.
1: so
2: I like that really a lot, cool. that's really good
1: and I like the thought that maybe that's why rituals are becoming more common Because people are learning different ways to interact with this new magic that maybe haven't had access to it before. There's definitely a few goblins that have absolutely accidentally blown themselves up. Not like in a lethal way, but there's definitely like periodic explosions. You know,
2: there's
3: a there's a there's a a goblin Reuben running around. Uh huh. Exactly that. Mm. Sweet. Cool. Uh,
0: Religion. Uh, I don't know. That we touched much of that.
1: I mean, this is a world where like magic is very real. I feel like maybe there is like a couple of like goblin gods or whatever, but for the mm. most part, it's just sort of like eh, they're doing that. Like that whole thing we were saying earlier about if it if it doesn't concern me, I'm not going to think about it. I feel like gods are maybe of a similar nature. Just like look, they're doing their thing, we're doing our thing. Don't badmouth them, and they'll leave you alone. I like the notion that maybe there's a bit of a reverence or yeah. begrudging respect towards whatever gods there are. Obviously, that's just maybe the go- the prevailing attitude amongst like goblin folk to their gods.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So I don't know necessarily about the elves. Elves may be old enough to know better. I don't know.
3: Yeah. Oh, uh, elves got that big tree, don't they? They do have that big the tree. tree. Their
2: god. Um, the tree is their mom, but also their gotcha. god. It's, it's a little bit weird. <laughs> it's a little avatar <laughs> it's a little like think like dryads almost yeah yeah it's the mother tree i go. Yeah, exactly. i'm with you
1: yeah 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 like there are divine there are things that are divine but it's not necessarily a god in the way that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. maybe also to paint that this smothering force of like Elemental magic is maybe also suppressing the influence of the divine because
3: mm-hmm. it's yeah. almost
1: like this magic, this ba- almost like this buffer of magic in between, uh, mm-hmm. and it's like counterintuitive to it. So, yeah, it's making it harder to reach the gods
2: because there's this yeah. veil of magic in between. Exactly,
1: exactly that vibe. Thank you, Sam, for actually being able to verbalize the thought I was trying to have.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> no problem. Cool. All right, all right, all right. Any more? For any more? We've touched on sort of beasts already, along with mm-hmm. horrors,
0: firstborn, elves, and giants. Yeah. Those are those are just part of it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Monsters, horrors, yeah. Uh, not necessarily undead, but but I think the middle one in horrors, we're wary of the dark forests, deep waterways, where monsters lurk in those places. Mm. In the depths of a long night, when all is wreathed in darkness, only fools venture beyond their homes.
1: Yeah,
2: I like that, that. Like
0: When it's cold and dark, there's things that come out.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's that very primal, basic fear of, yeah, because you huddle around the fire, It almost like the dark becomes darker away from you. You don't know what is out there.
3: Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah.
1: It's just There's a reason we're scared of the dark kind of a vibe. Mm.
3: Totally, cool. Cool. Well, that's all that handled.
1: So, yeah, um bonds. uh Create up to three bonds to represent your connections to home, friends, family, or other loyalties, um and then we'll make a, a note of them on our handy dandy character sheets. Hell yeah! So, I guess my first like background
2: bond is like my bond to the Elven Kingdom, and specifically
1: like to Queen Miva. I guess those are two separate ones.
3: Mm.
1: Uh, yeah, to a community or an individual. If you're playing guided or co-op, you can use these siding bonds as your connection to the other player characters. Otherwise, you may establish bonds with the characters through play.
0: Yeah, we 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 should probably set up, figure out why we know each other and and how we know each other.
1: Each yeah, each. that's probably the best way to go for here.
0: True. So there's only two of each. There's three of us total. So I'm, my first bond is with Kaz. And then mm-hmm. i I can have a bond with each of you.
1: Nice. Sorry, I'm just like scrambling through various parts of this sheet. Has a lot of information on it. It, yes, it does. Because the bonds tab doesn't appear to have a place to put names. So if you click Add, doesn't oh. it like start off with
2: names? Yeah, yeah. It, it, oh, it there opens... we go. Yeah. My yeah, I don't know how bonds are supposed to be like they're like though. i think you so these, have them with these the bonds maybe
0: to a community or an individual you do not need to make the forge bond move for these starting bonds mark a tick for each bond in on your character sheet and make note of them if you point guided co starting bonds yes uh
1: it's one of those things where you like add to it um as you go on and it gives you access to certain moves or it's how you use certain moves and you have a bond with somebody Okay. In the same way, I think that a lot of like um, PBTA systems have like bonds with your player characters, and you can like act on your bonds and stuff like that. I, I think that's the best it. way to sort of think about it.
3: Yeah. I'm trying to think who uh, Morden's third bond might be. Fuck it, I'm
1: gonna make it. Um, I might make it the community. Just like uh, I might make it the Ferida tri- uh, clan.
0: Cool. Is the rest of your family kind of sneaky types, or are you like a black sheep? You'll never know.
1: Uh yeah, no, I think they're all like of a similar nature.
0: Um... something cool that I saw is that when you retire, so like as you are as you mark bonds, you mark uh ticks on your bond like tracker. And uh when you retire your character, you add up all of them and that it becomes part of the of like how your epilogue goes. Mm. That's dope. The that blog really- is like is like affected by how many connections you make.
1: That's cool. Um, but yeah, I think the Faraday is a very large clan, and there's probably a lot of them in a similar kind of line of work. They just, I think, Morden is specifically quite very good at certain aspects of it. Has maybe gone poking at certain veins of magic. You know what I mean? Just like, hmm. I'm good at what I do, but I could be better at what I do. <laughs> um, Mama Faraday is very proud, I'm sure. He's like, ah, my asshole son.
2: <laughs> that's how we all feel about Morden.
1: I mean, that's that's my goal. He I don't think to... I've
0: played with Morden before. Yeah,
1: you haven't, no. I've only played him a couple of times on main feed. He is my attempt to make an asshole character. And I remember he was an NPC he started as an mpc in the karma game that me sam and mab played um and then i played him in ocean tides and he's been in uh patreon content so i think that's it for main arcs but yeah he was my attempt to make an arsehole character and he tends to end up nicer than my intent mm-hmm. but uh that's he always word. starts with my intent of him being a bit of an arsehole so i suppose he's self-serving so he's not. I'll level with you, Zach. You are having so much fun playing hereafter and in his stretches. I'm like, I need me one of those. Nice. Plus, here is more. Hereafter is fun.
0: <laughs> the thing about so. the thing that I find fun about hereafter is that he's not actually an asshole.
1: No, but he has a vibe, which is incredibly good.
0: He does have a vibe. That's true.
1: It's very impressive to me that you've made a character that doesn't actually really do bad things, but gives off such an aura of being an asshole that people don't trust him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and who has so done true. bad things in his past.
1: Yes, but we don't see them on screen. Mm-hmm. But what are our bonds like with each other? Uh, Give them no a, a vibe. Or like, how, like you were saying before, how do they know each other?
0: Yeah, because we're going to be in, engaged in some stuff. Some
3: stuff indeed.
1: I feel like maybe, if you're obliged, that um, Morden has done work for Half-Done before. Sure. Like, in whatever role. Like, Mon's old enough to have maybe been doing errands and stuff for the clans, and like, hobgoblins can get places where bugbears can't, so...
0: It's because you get cartilaginous spines. Sure, if if you think so. Yeah, because they're just so wriggly. I... We said weasel. I'm imagining a ferret now.
1: Ferrets, good. I mean, when I say mustelid, I'm just like that whole vibe of furry noodle that wriggles.
3: Mm-hmm. Good. No, that—that's
1: the very like the pine martin, stoats. That whole family of furry noodle boys with pointy faces.
2: It just makes me think about the the ferret that used to run through the um the pipes mm-hmm. to clean them out at like one of the big like particle colliders.
1: Yes, oh yes. So I feel like Morden has a, a decent amount of respect for Halfdan. Just sort of like, yeah. yeah, always pays up on time. Like, we'll we'll talk on a bit. But, you know, trust. Yeah. I feel actually, I tell you what, he thinks Halfdan is trustworthy. But in that sort of, hmm, wouldn't trust not to sell him out, but at least to do it to your face kind of a vibe. And that's, I think, mm-hmm. how Morden views a lot of things, like. If I piss off Halfdan, he's going to stab me. He's not going to get somebody else to do it. And I like that in The Man.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it's not quite the vibe of Shadow and uh, Mr. Wednesday in uh, American Gods, but a little bit of that energy, for sure.
0: I'm going to put down, and for my descriptors for us, is mutual, be- mutually beneficial and professional respect.
1: I like that.
2: Nice. Do- are we having, like, one bond with each of the other two player characters? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That, that's what I did cuz we got we have three. So I did one for like uh my backstory and then one for Got
1: it. Got it. So most like the most recent to this place. Yeah. Of the three of them. So
2: Yeah, how long after the the long winter uh sets in are we are we setting this
0: game?
1: That's a good question.
0: Long enough for a routine to have emerged. I think
1: mm. it's like maybe
2: five or six years.
0: Yeah, long enough for a new like for the, us to be. Like, this is this is like the new. This is the way things are now. In, in for better and worse. Yeah.
1: I, not long enough for like children. Long enough for there to be children that don't remember a life before. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: All right. So
2: yeah, Murr is is recent, but not like that recent. Like he came. He came with like. You know, I want to say, like, you know, because Miva and Kaz basically, like, rode kind of directly here from the end of Lady Winter. But Mm -hmm. all of Miva's stuff had to show up at some point once it was decided that she was sticking around.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: So I feel like Myrrh probably showed up, like, with that retinue of people. Mm -hmm. Of, like, oh, she's sticking around over there? All right, well, let's send her, you know... What she needs to start her life.
3: I dig that.
0: I guess if this is several years, do Mur and Miva have any kids?
2: You mean Kaz, Kaz and Meva?
0: Delian, yes. Yeah. Me, Kaz um, and Miva.
2: Do Miva and Kaz have any children? I want to say yes, mostly because I want to draw them.
0: <laughs> sure.
2: What the fuck would their children
3: even look like?
0: <laughs> little little plant buggers,
3: little little
0: little furry elves.
3: Oh
2: my god! <laughs> yeah, I'd say they probably have a kid or
0: two. Um, I will say probably that Half Den is still a little untrustworthy of all this, uh, all this elf folk. Yeah, <laughs> we did have a generations-long conflict between our two societies. Jesus Christ. <laughs>
1: Sorry. Oh, God. Has a the Samwise. drawing of babies begun?
3: No, no. Put no, the fucking uh, chat. <laughs> <laughs> You're
1: going to hell, Samwise. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry, well, sorry. Yes. So Halfdan is like you are big troll man, big boy. You are an enemy <laughs> combatant. We have met on the field of battle.
1: Oh, that's so good. Maybe
0: not you and I specifically, but I have fought against the, the 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 troll shock troops of the elven army, and you are one of them. And now you're here. This. Well, it was one thing when Kaz brought home his new girlfriend. It was another when she brought her whole family in. <laughs> <laughs> and all yeah. of her servants. no, I
3: like
1: that. I love this crotchety old man Bug Bay, just like, ugh. Why couldn't he have married, <laughs> you a know, nice a nice Catholic girl? girl?
0: Yeah, a nice I Catholic girl. I understand the thing was about uniting the people, but did you have to unite all of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Hifton, old dog. I'm, I'm so pissed off all the time.
2: And then here's me doing my stupid little southern accent for Mer.
1: <laughs> this is good. This is the best combination of accents there could be. I'm resisting <laughs> the edge to make more and more cockney, just in response. <laughs> I
3: love it. Just like uh, Danny yeah, Green. I feel
1: like Murr
2: probably doesn't mm-hmm. trust Halfton either. More out of a sense of like, oh, you're part of the old guard from those who don't trust my folk, which you know it doesn't. Fair. <laughs> it,
0: do- it doesn't help that uh, Halfdan's old war helmet has troll horns on it.
3: No, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs>
0: He's like, yeah, I was a monster hunter player character, and you were the monster.
3: Bloody <laughs> <laughs> God! God, I always uh, think
2: about how horrifying it is in, like, games where the enemy is clearly, like, a thinking-feeling, like, person, like, still using parts of their body. Like, you know, it, like, using, yeah, I mean, like, Yeah, it's this... still
0: weird, hmm? like, dragons in, like, you know, dragon bone armor in D&D or whatever. Like, any fantasy setting where dragons are it's both like, sapiens. That was a
2: person. Like, hey, that was a person.
0: Yeah. And yeah. now they're my sword. Though, to be fair, some people made <laughs> made armor out of people, too.
2: It's true. It's true.
0: <sighs> uh, yeah, so I'm mistrusting. I need another descriptor for another kind of dimension of, of how Halfdan feels about Myrrh.
2: I like that you're like being like very like my description literally says we met on the field of battle does not all caps like that Hafton has troll horns on his helmet. Mm -hmm. That's all I've written here.
1: I know. I suppose it could be just like, you should take the fact that I don't trust you as a I respect your abilities kind of a vibe. If that makes sense. Just like all you don't underestimate him because this is a large, strong troll man. Who's up in your shiz?
0: I I'm gonna say mistrusting, but forcing self to try to get along. I like that. Like yeah. I know this is the best thing, and I am going to be fighting myself to mm. to not like you I know like pull that. a spear.
2: Got it. Yeah, and I think Mur is mostly just like trying to push past the like I'm skeeved out by your creepy hor- by your creepy horned helmet but I'm being nice because mm. this, this isn't my original home. And so I, you know, yes. stepping
1: on eggshells a little bit. This is my queen's grandfather-in-law. I really can't afford to kick off here. It's a really long walk back to the mother tree and it's yeah. fucking cold outside. I cannot get kicked out of this place.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: yeah, uh, Haftan, uh, he is, uh, he's a crotchety old grandpa. But he is, he's like, you will, I will teach this old dog and tricks oh. myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but I don't, I won't like it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, and what do we want for between Mer and Morden? What would hmm. be fun to play out, do you think? Because like, so maybe there'd be one, uh, there should be like a, not a good, Mer should have a positive i was gonna say like
0: just hit it off immediately
1: yeah it's like a bro i do like that instant friend instant Instant friends friends.
0: despite like their odd couple kind of nature yeah
1: Yeah. i do like the visual of like this hench af troll and this fucking ferret man just being like modern might not isn't as tall but like, definitely comes up a long way because that whole long string bean vibe. So just like... like real. I'm sorry. I'm just imagining like real little
2: arms and legs and just like a big spine. No. Like a...
1: no, no, no. <laughs> little T-Rex hands. I'm gonna put Instant Friends odd couple energy.
0: Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. I do like. I do like the idea of Morden having a really long torso, though.
1: Oh yeah. No. 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 He's tall, but just like proportional
0: limbs
1: (laughs) (laughs) sorry i'm just thinking about what ferrets look like you know
0: ferrets are the silliest animal
1: they're just ridiculous i love them
0: and they love to dance
2: okay you know what their 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 bodies aren't nearly as fucked up as i thought they would be
1: i think but it's when you think about what a ferret looks like in your head it does get a bit like caricaturized like very short limbs, very long body. that's not quite like a yeah, you sort of picked them a little bit like a dachshund, kind of in proportions, but they don't quite look like that,
2: yeah, yeah, no, but I'm like looking at ferret skeletons, and they actually have a lot more arm in their body that than that you don't see because of their fur,
1: yeah, um, but alrighty, so that is our bonds with each other,
0: uh yeah, so those are our bonds, uh we also everyone picks a sworn quest of, of, of uh, a, um, a background vow for their character, uh, mm. which is like the sort of swearing an Iron Vow is like part of, uh, which is like part of it. So the kind of uh, vibe of Iron Sworn, this is a game about defining and filling progress bars and having fun doing it. Uh, if Blades is all about clocks, this is all about them bars. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Basically, you declare a quest, you say how hard it's going to be, and then you pursue that quest, uh, which is cool. It's a very fun way of like mechanizing your own—any uh, any sort of story or goal you want to have as the focus of your game, you just define it as your vow, and you swear that vow, and you have a mechanical basis for how to pursue it uh which is cool. But we also each have a background vow that is something that our characters are care about outside of uh, uh like within ourselves or like our backstory goal. Mm. You know, like um like in uh, Lord of the Rings, right? The quest, the shared inciting incident for the fellowship is bring the ring to Mordor and destroy it. But they all, also each have their like backstory vows which for, like, Baromir is, like, bring glory to Gondor, right? Or, uh, and the other ones are other ones. Uh, Baromir's was the only one that I could think of. I guess the hobbits each have the survive this as a background. Well,
1: Sam is look, Sam's is look after Frodo.
0: Yeah, Sam's just protect Frodo. Gimli's is, like, uh, you know, do cool shit. Uh, eventually he gets <laughs> the vow of... of then he gets
1: uh, a boyfriend. It's great. Yeah. Get a boyfriend. Yeah. It's not his background vow, but he does get it. That's a bonus.
0: Aragorn's background vow is don't get pulled back into Gondor's bullshit, That he and he later forsakes it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, he doesn't succeed very well
0: on that one. No, but you can also forsake your vows in this game. Uh, and that's got its own sort of mechanical uh, fallout. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, so I've written one for, uh, for Halfdan.
1: What you got?
0: uh which his vow is make sure that Casdelian's kingdom doesn't falter and that the boy keeps his head. Uh just got to make sure that this kid makes it through this. And I don't know I don't know if we're supposed to set the the difficulty of that ourselves ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, extreme or epic. So he'll you know, this is an extreme quest okay that's on page 195 when you write yeah. your background vow it is isn't an extreme or epic quest because it's something that you're pursuing this whole time
1: yeah. mm. um morden's vow is to um master shadow magic i'm gonna maybe work on making it a little bit more elaborate but um it's like become a master of shadows not just you know a part of them because I'm looking at his ritual that he has, the Shadow Walk one. And, like, if you have, like, a weak thing, like, you can be led astray. And I like the notion of him just, like... And it's part of this gathering power thing that he's desperate to do as well. So that that that's the vibe for him. And that's definitely an extreme one. I think Merz is very
2: simply, like, do whatever he must to support and protect Queen Neva. Like... That's the duty he was given when he became part of this retinue. Picked up everything he, he he owned and you know, trudged halfway across the world. For sure.
3: Yeah. I guess that one's extreme because yeah. like, she's pretty capable of protecting. Her. But, you know. Yeah,
1: I've um I've tweaked moderns to to not just walk in the shadows but master their ways. Ooh, very sexy. Oh
0: yeah. Uh, very cool. Our formal life, our our, our sort of background stuff, and now we have to envision our inciting incident.
1: Well, here's the fun part. Zach already did this when he picked- Have we actually talked about what our quest is yet?
0: We have not at all talked about what our quest is. It's been a mystery, but here it is. (laughs) Which is that one day while the three of us Or out scouting. uh, Or maybe just, you know, like, Hey, uh... Mr. Uh, Faraday, I need to stretch my legs. And I'm just an old man. I'm a feeble old man. And I need some protection. And you're going to come with me. And, oh gosh, you're bringing the troll with you too. Okay.
1: Look, no offense, old dog, but... I am... Many things. I am not much of what one would call a protector. You want something that's going to take a hit? You want my good friend Mo? Look how big he is!
3: He is big. Hello.
0: Um. <laughs> hello.
3: Um, quite large. Uh, yes. So we're going
0: to go. The uh, Bracky. He wants to stretch his wings. Bracky. He wants to stretch his wings. We're going to go. We're going to have a bit of a. A time outside. We're going to have go for a nature walk. Uh, and, we, and so we go for a nature walk. We go out. Uh, and it is quiet. It is cold and it is bright. The sun is shining on the snow. Filtered through the trees. The, the pine forest that the burrow is within. Uh, when that silence is split. By a very distinctive sound cry of a human infant left swaddled in blankets in a um cradle or like a like a like a
1: a bassinet something that vibe.
0: Bassinet, yeah.
2: I was thinking like a bread basket. Like this is not meant for a child, but it is in here.
1: Oh see I was thinking of like the carrier that Willow uses for the uh princess in Willow like a backpack it looks like a little, bar- it looks like a basket maybe made for something else but yeah it's so you mm. can carry a baby like a backpack
0: yeah yeah um, and there's like a note on it uh, that just says uh, in the human tongue we can't feed more mouths we're sorry <laughs> and <laughs> shit now we got a baby to deal with well I'm not bringing this home so, I guess what we're going to do is we're going to find someone to take this baby. And that is our quest.
1: <laughs> I'm just visually like, molded, like, completely bent double in the way. You know, like, when you hold a ferret and it just hangs there?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, Mordon's like bent over, uh, like, the, the baby carrier and just like has been like smacked in the face by this baby. <sighs> it's just like. <sighs> it's so noisy.
2: Uh... Mur is gonna <laughs> Mer would absolutely just very gently pick up this little basket in between like two fingers of either of his hands because it's so small because it's for a fucking human.
0: hmm It's
2: like loop it over one hand.
0: Yeah, the baby probably fits in the palm of your hand. Yeah. Um Yeah. So that is our that is our <laughs> inciting incident. And I guess at the beginning. Three Faye and a baby. Three Faye and a baby. Next time we're going to uh we need to figure out. We need to get this kid to a a human settlement that can take it in before uh, before it gets hungry or dies or something. We don't know exactly how human babies work. Um, <laughs> no. And uh, yeah, next time we're gonna uh, we're gonna yeah. swear an iron vow to protect this child,
2: or at least to to try to keep it alive until we can find somewhere else yeah. for it. Welcome yeah. to our
1: Ice Age AU.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, Ice Age, but nobody is Sid.
1: Yeah, no, nah, no Sid this time around.